Hey everybody, it's Allie and welcome to our YNR chat for Sunday, October 1st, 2017. I am so glad that YNR made the time for Kevin and Mariah to talk. I honestly thought in my heart of hearts that the situation with Mariah and Tessa was going to be one of those things that we just never talk about again. We, <laughs> we just put that on a shelf, never acknowledge that it happened. But no, I really loved that YNR gave us the opportunity to sit down and pick Mariah's brain a little bit. This is a conversation that Mariah has been needing desperately to have for weeks now, and I'm so glad that it was Kevin she was able to lean on. She told him everything, and it wasn't easy for her. She had to go through the process of admitting out loud, probably, for the first time that she is attracted to a woman, later admits to Kevin that that woman is Tessa and that she kissed Tessa rather impulsively. First of all, I have to say that I loved Kevin's reaction. <laughs> His face kind of just sort of got a little tight and he just looked at her and said, okay, I was not expecting that. <laughs> But, I mean, overall, Kevin was just there to listen to her, to be loving, to be supportive, to be non-judgmental, just to be all of the things that a friend really should be. This was not about him injecting any type of opinion. It was about allowing Mariah to get it off her chest. And who better to get it off her chest with than Kevin? I mean, Kevin knows all about what it's like to love somebody who you're not supposed to love. I mean, he's been married to crazy Chloe how many times, or he's tried to marry her how many times? He knows exactly what that, you know, what that feels like and to feel the pressures of the world telling you that you shouldn't do this. Uh, so he was the perfect person to talk to. I thought uh, Greg Ricard did a great job in that scene. I thought Cameron Grimes did a, a beyond amazing job. I was so impressed with her. I teared up. I really felt emotional in that scene because I could feel how big of a moment that was for Mariah. I mean, these are thoughts and feelings that have been building up in her mind for weeks and finally being able to express them to someone and to express the fact that, that, that these are thoughts and feelings that, that she didn't have before. I mean, this kind of hit her out of nowhere. I mean, it's, it, it, you know, it's not a situation where she's maybe been repressing them for a lifetime. I think it really, I think that Mariah's feelings for Tessa really did stun her. I mean, maybe it was repressed. I don't know, but I think she was shocked by the whole thing. And it was just so nice to be able to hear her say that. And of course, I think YNR did a really cool job of tying in Mariah having this big moment of her life with Tessa at the recording studio, it, it, recording this very emotional song. Like the whole, the whole moment swelled into the climax of Tessa singing her song in the recording booth. Uh, and it was a very emotional song, which Devon mentioned after the recording was done that this was a song about friendship and about girl power and being able to have that one person that you can lean on, which is sort of, it's just so odd to me because from watching the way this, uh, I guess, love story has, is developing, I... I keep thinking that it feels more one-sided. Um, I felt like when Devon came in and talked to Tessa, uh, remarking about the song and what it's about, I, just to me, I keep reading Tessa as not reciprocating. And even Mariah made a comment about, uh, to Kevin about when she kissed, Ke when she kissed Tessa, she felt like Tessa wasn't opposed to it. And I think that's correct, but I keep reading it as Tessa 
is this is not on her radar. I keep thinking that she appreciates Mariah, but maybe if there is something to be developed there, maybe it hasn't really hit Tessa yet, or maybe it's something that she's kind of trying to push down. But it was interesting that Devon, he looks like a little bit of a chump coming into that scene saying, you know, that was great, that song that you had that was all about girl power and friendship, knowing what's going on with his girlfriend behind the scenes. His girlfriend is in love with her. Um, I also, <laughs> I feel bad for Devon. How could you not feel bad for Devon and Noah? I loved that uh, Kevin went to the coffee house and he ends up bumping into Devon and Devon naturally wants to sit down and talk to Kevin. This, you know, Kevin is Mariah's best friend. So he wants to try to, you know, get in some FaceTime and try to build that relationship too because this is an important person in his girlfriend's life. It's so interesting that the break that the, the that the issue in Devon and Mariah's relationship has really shifted away from Hillary. It has really become about Mariah and, and her wandering eye. Isn't that just interesting? Because I wouldn't have predicted a couple of months ago that the that the falling apart of Devon and Mariah's relationship wouldn't be related to him not being over Hillary. But Anyway, it was great to see that scene with Kevin sitting there talking to Devon and trying to be nice, but knowing what Kevin knows, it, it almost felt like he had a hard time uh, keeping a straight face. I mean, it, it's one of those things where Devon is saying how much he likes Mariah, and Kevin knows that this relationship is headed for doom. Um, it was it was a, a little bit of an awkward <laughs> meeting between these two guys. But uh, the, the added element here is that Kevin, from having talked to Mariah and having a full understanding of the situation, also understands the full complexities of why Mariah has chosen to not pursue it. He understands that, you know, that it's a sticky situation, not just on the romantic level, but the fact that Devon and Noah are involved. I mean, these are two important people to Mariah who she doesn't want to hurt. And, you know, the other element that Kevin doesn't even know about is the fact that Tessa has a lot going on right now with her sister and her her career. I think that Mariah doesn't want to add any pressure to Tessa. I think she doesn't want to hurt her brother. She doesn't want to blow a relationship with Devon that is perfectly fine. Uh, it's just not perfectly passionate. So there's just so much going on and so much going into the reasons why Mariah has chosen not to, not to pursue it. I think that even though she has had this revelation, I think that there's a lot of reasons why she's pulling back. And there and there's some conflict there. I like that there's I like that, that Mariah has some conflict there. And I think that uh, maybe would make a good poll question for the week. Do you think that Mariah is doing the right thing by not telling Tessa? Would you like to see Mariah confess her feelings to Tessa? Or do you feel like it's just not right on uh, you know any number of levels? YRChat.com, that's our poll question for this week. Should Mariah confess her feelings to Tessa? I mean, I for my for my dollar. I have, first of all, I have a feeling that Mariah is going to end up blurting out her feelings for Tessa, uh, similar to the way that she kissed Tessa. I think that um, a lot of what's going on in Mariah's mind is so um, it's so overwhelming that it's not necessarily calm and measured. That's not how love is. Love isn't you know calm and measured. She's. I have a feeling that she's going to end up becoming overwhelmed with emotion. Maybe as uh, the, the the situation with Crystal. Uh, reaches a, 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 a swell. I, I don't know, but I, I can see uh, Mariah probably just kind of dumping it on Tessa accidentally, going in for another kiss, or just saying how she feels. But I, I tell you, I I'm not sure that that's 
the right move. Uh, I'm certainly not opposed, and you know, I've talked about this previously, I'm certainly not opposed to uh, Mariah and Tessa pursuing a romance, but I'm not sure if telling Tessa how she's feeling is the right move for Mariah or for anybody at this stage in the story, because what's, what's going on with Tessa and her sister and her career and everything, with the stakes as high as they are, I'm just not sure that I, th I think Mariah is making the right decision right now by holding it back a little bit. Um, I think that Mariah has to, and this is again difficult when it when you know love and passion are involved. I think Mariah needs to compartmentalize a few things. I think first of all. She needs to take a really long, hard look at her relationship with Devon. She needs to evaluate that. She needs to come to some kind of understanding that this isn't the one for her. It, it doesn't have anything. To, doesn't need to have anything to do with Tessa. If she's got a wandering eye now, she's going to have a wandering eye later. Whether it's Tessa, whether it's a woman, whether it's a man, it doesn't matter. Devon's not the one. And Mariah needs to resolve the situation with Devon in her mind and with him. Break that off. That's the first step, the first thing she needs to do. And then following up, I think Mariah needs to sit back. I think she needs to let Tessa have her relationship with Noah. I think she needs to be respectful of the fact that they are involved in a serious and developing perfectly fine type of relationship. There's nothing, there's, the turmoil that we see and the conflict that we see in Mariah's relationship with Devon is not there for Tessa and her relationship with Noah. So I think that Mariah owes it both to Tessa and to Noah to let that relationship ride its course. And I mean, frankly, I just think that with everything that's going on with Tessa's sister, I think that, you know, there's some, you know, even, you know, after, you know, whether or not Tessa's relationship with Noah works out, I think Tessa needs some space to do a little healing around what's happened with her sister. Because even if she is able to get Crystal back and get her back on her feet, like that's a trauma that Tessa's going to be going through for a while so it just seems to me and and you may have a different opinion on this I'm looking forward to seeing uh your votes on that poll and uh your comments on whether or not you think Mariah should go through with it it just seems to me that right now maybe not telling Tessa how she feels would be the kinder thing for Mariah to do Tessa gets a text message from Natalia, and th this is it. I mean, Tessa has hit her breaking point with waiting and wondering where her sister is. The torture is enough for her. She cannot take it anymore. She knows where Alice is. She believes wholeheartedly that Alice is involved, and Tessa wants answers. So she and Mariah <laughs> go over to Alice's house and on impulse <laughs> Tessa knocks on the front door Alice answers it Tessa tosses a blanket over Alice's head both she and Mariah somehow drag this perfectly able-bodied woman <laughs> without anyone noticing into their car Okay, they they decide to switch the blanket for a grocery tote bag, and uh, and all of a sudden lead her into the Victor's stables at the ranch, and they tie her to a chair. That <laughs> was wiggity wiggity whack. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it was so whack. I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, the, the scene of her walking in with the grocery tote on her head, it was almost comedic. It was so over the top. I was just mouth agape for that. Um, so, 
<laughs> Mariah's just going along with this whole thing, by the way. This was kind of Tessa's plan that Mariah was just in for helping with. But they've got Alice tied to a chair in the stables. Um, Alice is going on the whole time about how thirsty she is. I mean, yeah, I'm sure you got a grocery tote over your head. You've been uh, kidnapped, basically. I'm sure you're a little thirsty. So <laughs> Mariah goes to get a couple bottles of water for Alice and the second Mariah brings her the bottles of water looks into her face she passes out on the spot I mean she just like everybody else who has seen Mariah when she first came into town thinks she's looking at a grown up version of Cassie I don't know why she thought that she wouldn't have this reaction I mean everybody had this reaction in Genoa City when Mariah came back Uh, she looks remarkably like Cassie but I mean like Alice sees it and she just absolutely passes out and she goes into, I guess, this kind of like, I don't know, uh, like dream state. She thinks she's hallucinating. We see a flashback from Alice's mind of her having a memory of herself being with little Cassie. Um, Dude, I just, I really liked that flashback scene, especially because it just helped me remember the power of little Cameron Grimes. I mean, I just have such an affection for those days. It was around the time when I started, I was only a few years into watching YNR, and I just always thought that Cameron Grimes uh, was a child charming little actress. I just think she she set the bar for child actors on a soap. Like she there was just something about her that was so genuine and so sweet and she didn't force it. You know, she would just, you know, she was just a sweet little girl. She didn't try to be precocious. She just uh, played it very easily. And uh, I I mean, I I felt for little Cassie in the scene. Cassie was telling Alice how she barely remembers her. This is her adoptive mother, and she barely remembers her, except that she remembers Alice always screaming a lot, and and Cassie having to be quiet uh, playing during the day because Alice was sleeping. So it was just a, I mean, this was a sad, neglectful situation, and it's clear that Alice has a lot of guilt about that still, as she should and she has created this really twisted way of I don't know I guess maybe trying to make amends for it she is obviously trying to be this mother figure to these prostitutes like that's how she justifies it in her mind that she is helping them and it's just it's so it's so weird and bizarre this this woman is she's mentally ill um and and it's just it's really has kind of been sad uh, to watch, but I think that the fact that Alice still carries this guilt over what happened with Cassie as a major, you know, motivating factor makes Cassie just the ghost that we need right now. So... Mariah runs up to Sharon's house and interrupts Sharon and Scott's sexy time (laughs) to try to pick Sharon's brain about what the relationship between Cassie and Alice was. Uh, And oh yeah, that we've kind of got her tied up in the the stables. Oh, I mean, Mariah even convinces Sharon to go along with her plan to ghost Alex, Alice, and even Sharon participates in it. There's this really just creepy scene where together Mariah and Sharon try to convince Alice that this is the ghost of Cassie, the same age as these prostitutes are, and you should be helping them. You're doing the wrong thing. You know you're doing the wrong thing, and you should tell us where Crystal is so that we can help her. And I mean, Alice is just so out of it. She's just having a, like this haunting nightmare or a break from reality or something. She ends up admitting 
that Crystal is somewhere in New York City alive, thank goodness, with a guy named Leon, uh, and we've seen him in the previous uh, weeks. And it seems like next week, from the previews of Monday's show, it looks like Sharon and Mariah and Tessa and Alice are all going to confront Leon, who has Crystal. I, 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 I don't know where we're going. <laughs> I don't know. I'm assuming this is all going to lead to Crystal's safe return. But in the meantime, I mean, all of these ladies are putting themselves into harm's way. I don't know. Maybe the old blanket trick will work with Leon. Tessa, anybody got any grocery bags or anything we can put over Leon's head? <laughs> I, I'm ho- I, I, I just, it, it makes me a little nervous because none of these women know what they're walking into. There may be more Leons right around the corner. I'm hoping um, that Sharon will at least tell Scott what's going on so that, you know, while they're dealing with Alice, at least he could deal with the Zach ass. (laughs) I hate Zach. I hate that guy. Um, Abby ends up telling Zach about Scott's story that he's doing on the sex ring, this whole expose, you know, because Abby doesn't really have anything else on her mind. She doesn't really have anything else to talk about except Scott and competing with Scott and probably having late night, uh, you know, fantasies about Scott. I mean, come on, let's get over the, the ruse here that there's not something going on between those two. But when Abby mentioned Scott's expose article, gee, Zach, Zach seemed a little extra interested in this whole, what is it, what do you call it, you call it sex trafficking? Never heard of such a thing, please. So, I mean, I'm, 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 Zach ends up suggesting that he and Abby go on this impromptu double date with uh, Sharon and Scott so that he can try to get more information out of Scott, but Scott doesn't give even an an inch on it wisely. Hopefully, he kind of caught on to the fact that Zach is weird. I think that he, I think everybody kind of has caught on to the fact that Zach is weird, but hopefully Scott can put together the pieces enough. I'm I'm sure that Zach is going to end up learning from Leon that there's big trouble and the big apple going on with the with these ladies and I'm 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 hopeful that Scott's red flags toward Zach combined with his research and hopefully a little teamwork with Sharon will I don't know lead him to the kingpin Zach and and I don't know maybe shoot him a few dozen times am I the only one who would, is dying to see Zach riddled with a few rounds of bullets With Dina's password, Billy has repeatedly been logging into Phyllis's computer and he downloaded a bunch of Jabot R&D files. It's basically a, br- a blueprint of everything that Jabot plans to do with their line in the future, including a relaunch of a product line called Jabot Jr. Does anybody remember that? Uh, Victoria said that that she worked on Jabot Jr. Uh, with Neil and Ryan. I feel like I should remember that because I remember Ryan or, and I remember Neil. I remember those days. I feel like I should remember Jabot Jr., but I don't. <laughs> you guys will have to, to let me know if, you, if you're if you excited about that potential uh, tie-in there. I remember, I remember Glow by Jabot, but maybe, maybe it was before my time. I'm not sure. Um, so, now that Brash and Sassy has this information, they realize that they have to, like, rush something to market. Jabot is bigger, they got more money, uh, but they may be slower to launch. So, they are needing a fast track here. They're brainstorming ideas while Victor just so happens to be creeping around in the background. He totally hears Victoria talking all about these files that Billy has stolen from Jabot. They gotta start closing that door. Phyllis almost heard him. Victor definitely heard him. It's just, it's, it's, it's careless. <laughs> it's careless scheming. And of course, Victor's not a person who you would really want to have this information either. He doesn't waste a second before he's kind of, you know, dangling that over their heads. He walks right in and says, you know what? 
if Jack finds out that you guys are stealing Jabot Company's secrets, that means he's coming after Brash and Sassy, and that means he's coming after you, and that means he's coming after me. <laughs> so, of course, Victor, like, wants to get his hands all up in this because it's an excuse to start lobbing bombs in Jack's direction completely because of what's going on with Nikki. But, hey, it works for Billy and Victoria and their benefit. I mean, they both realize that they do have a powerful ally in this war with Jabot in Victor, and Victor just so happens to be sitting on a fully developed product line that he never did anything with, and he just decides, I'll just give that to you. Oh, I, oh you need a product? Here you go. <laughs> It's just ready. So uh, it happened to be a, a product that Victoria worked on at Newman Enterprises. So she's fully aware of the whole thing. What What do you know? Uh, she just never, I guess, pursued uh, selling it uh, or, or pursued, you know, selling it for for whoever she developed it for. So whatever. Victor gets to ride in. He gets to save the day. He gets to be Victoria's hero. And he gets to, to get back at Jack, <laughs> which is the cherry on top of this cake. Now, at Jabot, Ravi realizes that the Jabot system has been hacked, and he's checking everybody's laptops to find out who the culprit could possibly be, and he realizes that the password that was used to access the files was Dina's, but the laptop was Phyllis's. So Ravi takes this information to Jack and to Ashley. Ashley's ready to like throw Phyllis out onto the street herself, but Jack realizes immediately that Phyllis was not behind it. Phyllis isn't the culprit. This has Billy's fingerprints all over it. And Jack, who can never really do anything direct, he always has to do something sneaky. There always has to be a sneaky element to it. Jack says, you know what? Okay, if Billy wants to steal secrets from Jabot, let's let's give it to him. Let's put some decoy information out there so that next time he accesses it, he's going to get something that's false and that's really going to mess with him. Let's let let Billy go ahead and keep accessing his girlfriend's computer. This this works out for for me, Jack Abbott, rather well. <laughs> it's it it really does. It, it it's it's uh, the culmination of probably everything Jack would want for his revenge plan. And for, for for this all to work, of course, he can't tell Phyllis that he knows about what Billy has done. So now here we have Phyllis walking into the middle more than ever. Billy is betraying her and Jack knows that it's happening. Mm. Ugh, I hate that Billy and Phyllis's relationship is doomed. The, the, what I can't figure out is why is Billy so offended that Victoria has been heavily, like, implying and, and I guess expressing that that uh, Phyllis is working together with Jack to bring down Brash and Sassy? Of course they are. This is known. This is not a secret. That's the name of the game. You're both trying to destroy each other, obviously. And as, But as far as I'm concerned, I feel like the one who's acted the most unethically of all in all of this is Billy. Before Ravi could find out that it was Phyllis's laptop that was used for the hack, all, all he knew uh, as a first piece of information was the fact that it was Dina's password. So uh, Ashley immediately latches onto that, oh, it was Dina's password? Well, I've got my suspicion about who hacked the system then. Who needs evidence? <laughs> she shows up at Graham's hotel doorstep and starts to accuse him of... Uh, of stealing Jabot Company secrets, but he doesn't know anything about that. All he knows is her biggest secret, her, her deepest, darkest secret, that John Abbott was not really her father. And he seems to just enjoy, like, making a 
bunch of insinuations <laughs> just like he wants to like subtle references to paternity that like you know that it makes Ashley say why would he say that that seems a little odd I mean but he he has now that, D- that Dina has spilled that secret he has latched onto it and he knows what an important and powerful piece of info that it is he tried to press Dina for more information about who Ashley's biological father really is but I mean Dina at least knows that she's told him too much already she doesn't tell him anymore then the next thing we see is a little hint about who Graham is and what his connection is going to be he pulls out a photo of himself as a little boy standing in front of the Genoa City Country Club I loved that photo I thought that was fantastic because it was obviously something that someone had uh, photoshopped it was clearly a, a young a photo of the actor who plays Graham as a young boy and they'd photoshopped him in uh, to the Genoa City Athletic Club. I just thought that was a nice little touch. I really enjoyed seeing that. Somebody put in some work there and I appreciated it. Um, So now we know Graham absolutely is from Genoa City. He's got deep roots here. We found out last week that his mom has deep roots here too. He makes a phone call to his mother to inform her about Ashley's paternity secret. She didn't know anything about it, so this is is throwing them off guard a little bit. This at least is a piece of information that he did not have before, that she did not have before, but we ended up getting a piece of information about Graham that we did not have before. He reveals, when talking to his mother, that basically uh, he's, he's being Dina's companion companion all to get revenge on her I guess I mean they're kind of working together to get in to Dina's life to I don't know do what to her I'm not sure like I just if it's I'm disappointed a little bit I'm not gonna lie that that Graham has turned out to be this conniving and that his entire relationship with Dina has turned out to be you know a part of a scam it just seems like a really long roundabout con (laughs) to play like so like Dina's not even gonna know that you're getting revenge on her and that the revenge is complete until she's dead and he inherits all of her money like I I don't get it if he wanted her money couldn't he have just hired Kevin Fisher to go steal all of her money with a few flicks of the keyboard Nikki and Jack have breakfast at the athletic club. Meet they're meeting uh, right after their post cabin bliss. <laughs> um, they're kind of just talking, reiterating their commitment to this developing relationship. That it's something that's becoming quite important to them both. Uh, and they also confirmed, and a few of you did confirm for me last week, that Nikki and Jack are not sleeping together. So it's it's just it's a friendship plus more question mark. Um, I thought, though, that it was a nice twist to find out that Dina was the one who asked Graham to do something about the Nikki and Jack situation. She didn't know uh, that he had photos taken of them and that those photos were sent to Victor. I mean, I think Dina just implied, you know, do something to help with this. And then Graham took it upon himself to go to to have someone go to the cabin, snap the photos, and then just send them to Victor with Dina's return address uh, on the envelope. She wasn't happy about it, of course, but she certainly did, you know, just decide to take responsibility for it, because I guess at the end of the day, she kind of was uh, responsible. Um, as soon as Victor <laughs> rips open the envelope that's addressed from Dina, he emails a copy of this photo to both Nikki and to Jack. Nikki stomps over to the ranch to tell Victor to just stay out of her life once and for all. I mean, I know you're my husband and I haven't served you your any divorce papers or anything like that, but just stay out of my life. I mean, come on. Come on. How many weeks is this going to go on? He tells he tells her he's like, "You know what? 
take a look at the envelope. I had nothing to do with these photos. If you think that I'm out there looking at you and Jack, then, you know, you forget it. Look, it, well, I had nothing to do with it. So he leaves the room. Nikki walks over to the envelope, sees who it's addressed from, knows it's from Dina, realizes that Jack's mommy was behind the whole thing. And she immediately, uh, of course, uh, goes to Jack. Jack confronts Dina. He feels, you know, ultimately betrayed by this. Uh, she she can't deny that she had anything to do with it, so she has to take full responsibility as if she was the one who hired the photographer. So she's standing there, you know, destroying a relationship that means so much to her. I mean, I did feel bad with her because she doesn't, she didn't do it on purpose, but it's like ever since Dina has come back into town, she has told us and everyone else that her priority is her family and she wants to repair the damage that she's done to those relationships. And now here she is having to act like she was spying on Nikki and Jack. It was bad. And and it was, I think that, you know, Jack felt like he was right back at square one with this mother who could care less about his happiness than her own. I just feel, I did feel bad for him. She ends up running into Victor in the elevator and she's she has to again pretend that she was fully behind it and she says oh I just want to make sure you know about those pictures that you're not gonna like seek revenge on Jack or anything like that oh oh, oh no oh no uh, Victor says oh no I would never seek revenge on Jack personally mm-hmm. I'm just gonna do it business wise uh Nikki on the other hand though Nikki on the other hand I'm gonna seek revenge on personally Kevin Fisher is basically while he's on town in town on retainer <laughs> for Victor just to do Victor's dirty work. He asks Kevin, Victor asks Kevin to ha- for some reason hack into all of Nikki's accounts. So I want to see her bank accounts, I want her phone records, I want her emails, everything. What? Wild information does Victor think that he's gonna find looking through all of Nikki's accounts? What, that she spends $400 a day on shoes? <gasps> Lily calls Kane over to the house to talk about their relationship openly, honestly, without the counselor. And at the beginning of the conversation, it really seemed like Lily was making progress toward letting Kane back in. She said to him, You hurt me, but the thing that I know is that I still love you. But as the conversation progressed, um, the progress was all just dissolved away. I think that in a lot of ways, Lily has a more accurate and more mature vision of what Kane's future is is actually going to look like because she she brought up the fact that you know Kane you say that your priority is with us and with our children together but can you really say that can you really say that you're going to just decide to put our family first and furthermore like there're just so many uh, factors that Kane would not be able to uh, predict, you know, when, you know, when there are conflicts between these kids needing you and that child needing you. But furthermore, I liked that Lily said, you know, you can say that you want to put our family first, but should you? You know, at the end of the day, should you? And, and Lily even said, I don't want to get in the way of the love that this child deserves. I mean, it's like everybody's treating this child like it's a thing, but this is going to be a human being who is going to grow up and who is going to uh, deserve to have a father who's there for him in an equal way uh, to how he's um, there for his other children. I mean, I, I mean, can you imagine feeling, and maybe some of you can, feeling like you were the child that was not wanted and that your dad really only wanted to be with his other family? That's yucky. And Lily doesn't want to be a part of that yucky feeling. I really think 
that the Lillian Kane situation is resolvable. I really think that they could make it work, but for it to work, I think that Lily and Kane would both have to embrace the new child. They would have to be there for all of the birthdays, all of the school plays, all of the everythings. I think that Lily herself and would need to have Kane involved too. I think Lily and Kane would have to want to be a part of this child's life, but the reality and reality, I think that this little person is just going to serve to be a reminder of, of for Lily of her husband's poor judgment and um, and his lies. That's what that that's the sad truth of it. I, I think that Lily is just not able to bring herself to 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 rise to, to the level that, you know, I just said. Um, she realizes, I guess, in the midst of the conversation that the relationship is just not gonna, gonna work. And she has this very sad moment where she's just closing the door on him, realizing that she's closing the door on the relationship, and Kane realizing that he's probably walking out of his house for the last time. It was really sad. Really, really sad. Um... <laughs> Then Hillary gets involved. I mean, King goes right back to the athletic club and says that his relationship with uh, with Lily is over. And sorry, Hillary, you're not going to get your wish. And Hillary has the nerve to go over to Lily's house and get up in her business and try to get her to change her mind and work on her marriage. It just felt inappropriate to me. I, and I and I just every week. Uh, want to understand Hillary. I feel confused by why she's putting herself into the middle of this relationship. What is in it for her? Because it cannot be all about Jordan. Jordan, she doesn't love him. And he's not that great. He's just not that great for her to go to these lengths. I don't, I, so I, I'm, I'm confused. I don't know if maybe Hillary feels guilty about helping Juliet and so she wants to help them repair their marriage because she had some responsibility or she feels that she had some responsibility how hard would it be for YNR to just give us a monologue with Hillary can we not just see her talking in the mirror and maybe explaining some of her actions that would be helpful for me for getting a grasp on her motivation I I I don't know. She had a, a, a run-in with Devon at the athletic club this week. And, of course, she tries to be brash. You know, she tries to act like nothing bothers her. The real, Getting dumped by Jordan doesn't bother her. Not being able to get back together with Devon and watching him in a new relationship doesn't bother her. She tries to pretend that she's made of steel, and she's not. And I loved that Devon knows how to get in there. And he said to her, I, you know what, you can try to be big, you can try to be bold, but deep down, I'm the one that knows that you're a lonely person who just wants to be loved. And I think that's true. I do think that's true. And that's why I would like to see, ultimately, at the end of the day, and I think we are working toward that, I would like to see Devon and Hillary reunite, and I want him to draw the truth out of her. I want him to draw the humanity out of her. I mean, I don't, is it possible that Hillary is getting involved in this Lily and Kane mess because she thinks of it as a way of, of helping Devon? I just would love to... to, to to understand her better. I try to understand all of the characters. Um, anyway, <laughs> Lily ends up having a follow-up meeting with Michael, and she tells him that she's ready to file for divorce. It's very hard, but she's ready to draw up the papers, and she had, she has, she has Michael to tell Kane for her. I mean, I'm sure that that's usual. That's probably, I don't know, I've never been divorced. I don't know how that usually ends up happening, but it probably would be something that the lawyer would would uh, relay. But I guess there was a part of me that kind of thought maybe that was a little, a little inappropriate. I don't know. Did, how did you guys feel about the fact that Lily let Michael tell Kane, and she didn't tell him herself. I mean, maybe he already kind of got the gist. Maybe everybody got the gist from the previous uh, interaction. But I, I don't know. I just I thought maybe you could talk to him one more time yourself. I don't know. 
Uh, next week, they're going to tell the kids, and you know that's just going to be more and more heartbreak. Absolutely everybody in this situation is going to be devastated, except for <laughs> Juliet who's going to be right there offering Kane a brand new ready-made family on a silver platter. Faith does not fake it. <laughs> that was our quote from last week. A lot of people guessed the scene, but not a lot of people guessed that it was Mariah who said it. Uh, Mariah was talking uh, with Tessa after Tessa met Faith for the first time, and she was saying, yeah, I think Faith liked me. And Mariah said, I'm sure if Faith liked you, she liked you. If she said she liked you, she liked you, because Faith does not fake it. <laughs> I just like that num that line on, on a number of levels. I like it on the on the on the front street because faith fakes it quite a lot but also the concept of faith uh you know it's something that you can't fake like faith is this pure thing that you just either have it or you don't have it you don't fake it so anyway i'm pro i'm reading too much into it but i heard it and i was like i like that line for a couple of reasons so only five people guessed that it was mariah it was a little bit of a harder one but our winners this week were heather Sandra, Leslie, Becca, and Henry. <laughs> Congratulations, you guys. Very well done. My quote for this week is another kind of thinker. I like the philosophical ones sometimes. So here's our quote for the week. The best things are the ones that are hardest to get. I really think that's true. The best things are the ones that are hardest to get. Do you know who said it? Do you remember the moment? If so, you can go to yrchat.com and leave your guess. If you get it right, of course, I will give you your shout out in next week's YNR Chat. Okay, let's get to your comments for the week. First thing I have to say is, um, oh gosh, Superplex, is, who has been such a wonderful contributor with comments every week to the website, is, is just, I've not heard anything. Um, and I know that he or she it does live in Puerto Rico, and I was not aware of just how bad that situation had become. It's really starting to uh, become more prominent in the news. Uh, j just now, and I just it, I think about Superplex every day, and I just am hoping that everything is okay with with you and your family, uh, and and that everything is back up and running there soon. It just ugh, I just I worry about you guys. Um, but that's a uh, hopefully we, we we got a little bit of uh, happy news here because I got uh, quite a lot of comments on our poll question from last week. Does Kane have a moral obligation to be there for Juliet? Now, the majority of you, 60%, said no way. Kane does not need to be there for Juliet. He needs to be there for his child. 40% uh, of you saying that, you know what? If she's carrying his baby, then they're in it together. And I got a, a happy comment here from Melissa at YRChat.com who agreed with uh, the minority and with me, that was my vote, uh, that, that Kane should absolutely be there. Uh, not in a romantic way necessarily, but with support and help for Juliet. Uh, Melissa says, though my opinion might be biased given that I'm nine months pregnant and have absolutely no sympathy for men. <laughs> So I love that comment. I think you nailed it, Melissa, as far as, you know, Kane being there for her in other ways that are not romantic. But I'm just I have to send you some congratulations on your pregnancy. I think that a lot of the way I've viewed the Kane Juliet situation is because I had a baby nine months ago. So it's just it's one of those things. I know that even if you have all of the money, you know, from the brash and sassy lawsuit and if you have even if you have all of the support in the world it's just you know being pregnant is hard and and I just guess that I seem to zone in on that probably just because of my station of life uh, and it makes me have a little bit more sympathy for Juliet than I probably would have before my pregnancy and you know in, in a couple years from now I'll, it'll be not as fresh in my mind and so I won't feel as sympathetic uh, toward her maybe. 
But yes, congratulations. We have a new YNR chatter on the way. <laughs> Gary left me a comment on YouTube this past week saying Juliet lost all claim to civility from Kane when she filed that fake lawsuit against him. That is huge. I would be furious. Kane taking responsibility for the baby can be done with great business-like aplomb and reserved friendliness by him. Stay even with Juliet. Throw no shade and you are in control. Take the upper emotional hand and that's a great payback. Be kind while never giving Juliet an inch. I think that's excellent advice for Kane, uh, Gary. And I honestly am surprised that Kane has given Juliet as much of an inch as he has. Not even addressing the kiss this week. Not putting the break on it. I think that if Kane keeps giving Juliet an inch, then soon she'll have all ten of them. <laughs> Ju- or Consuela at YRChat.com says when Juliet was in the hospital, she cranked up the waterworks specifically for Kane and Hillary. Already, and Hillary already knew what she was up to. Then Marion at YRChat.com says, Allie, did you not see Juliet pretending to turn on the waterworks as the doctor left the room and Kane and Hillary came in? Now we definitely know that she's up to something. I guess I was just viewing it from a totally different perspective. I mean, being pregnant is emotional. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't interpret it and I, I could have missed something. I mean, yeah, completely. It's, it's not out of the realm of possibility. But, but as I was viewing it, I just thought, well, God, that is an emotional situation. I mean, she just found out about, if she's actually pregnant, I mean, there's, there's no way that that wouldn't be a crazy situation. So I don't know. Maybe that is why Hillary rolled her eyes. Maybe she sensed that she was playing it up I just took it as as sincere that it was a sad uh, sad moment but I also liked Marion that you um, had a good comment about Lillian Kane this week saying if from the beginning the only way out of the Kane and Lily story was a divorce I wish the writers would have just let us go through the pain uh, or sorry I wish the writers wouldn't have had us go through the pain of hoping that there would be a last minute twist I mean Hillary had a plan to get rid of Juliet Jordan didn't back up Lily's decision to divorce and Kane got a convenient call as Michael was about to serve him with the divorce news all of that in 10 minutes and for nothing I'm angry and now feel that delusional hollow Juliet will get what she wants. I, I'm still holding out a little bit of hope. I don't know. I mean, the divorce, divorce papers are very, it's very shocking, but there is still a part of me that's hoping that maybe there's a way to turn it around. Um, Kiki on y, at YRChat.com says, Juliet is up to no good. Actually, this was YouTube, sorry. Juliet is up to no good. She is going to work Kane like a yo-yo using that baby. It is true. That is true. I will concede that. Um... Harper left a voicemail saying, I know Hillary and Jordan have the sexual chemistry thing going on, but why is Hillary so hell-bent on being in the middle of it all? I couldn't have said that better myself, Harper. That's exactly how I feel. Harper says, I think that YNR is definitely laying the groundwork for something to happen to Juliet, and I don't know if maybe they're going to try to make it seem as if Hillary's the one that did it, or that maybe Hillary will set up Jordan to make it look like he did it. Definitely something, something's got to happen with, with Juliet. I mean, or the baby. We're, I think we're working toward November sweeps. Something's going to go on. And I got a really great and interesting voicemail from Michael this week with a, just a fantastic theory connecting a couple of storylines using a few subtle hints that we've been given. Uh, Michael says, does everybody remember when Kane sold his car to Zach? What if Kane happens to stumble into connecting Zach to the shady past that Jordan and Chelsea have been talking about for weeks on end? That could make Kane the hero, protecting and reuniting his family. Furthermore, Nick and driving Chelsea and Nick apart because the kids were exposed to Jordan if he's revealed to be a bad guy. I like that. I would love to see Zach doing something shady. Maybe going to maybe Zach going to have some kind of meeting with Jordan and Kane recognizing his own car 
and seeing that something's going on there and, and being the one to get up in there and maybe expose some stuff. I just, there's part of me that thinks Wyanor's not gonna break Lily and Lily up. I just don't believe, or Kane and Lily up. We've we've been down this road and, and so many times. I just don't think Jordan's worth it. I don't, I don't see Jordan as this long-term character. I mean, there's just a part of, I, I know we need conflict on the show, but I would just like to, I, I wouldn't care if Jordan went away, to be honest with you. I'd rather just see Lily and Kane together and Hillary and Devon together. I don't need Jordan in my life. He's not that great. He's fine. He's just not that great. <laughs> Tony at YRChat.com says, Hey, when Kevin is manipulating money in the Newman accounts, he might find a trail that leads to Adam. Hmm. I, st I know we're all still waiting for that bomb to drop. They need to get on casting. They need to, Wyander needs to have their feelers out there for the perfect new Adam. Consuela at YRChat.com says, I loved the moment between Kevin and Mariah when she's talking about her crush. And Kevin says, I hope you didn't meet him online <laughs> because those guys can be unpredictable. <laughs> what a way to take us back to Kevin's history on the show. He started out as an internet creep dating Lily. Yes, that was a, a nice little nugget. Uh, well written. Rose at YRChat.com says, I've loved the scenes this week between Mariah and Kevin and Mariah and Tessa. They've been so well written and acted. They feel true. I love how Kevin asked Mariah why she needs to put a label on how she feels. And I really feel for Mariah and I'm pulling for her in the scenes with Tessa. Overall, I think this storyline feels real and emotional and I'm pulled in. I hope that YNR doesn't re reverse itself out of this. It's, it's funny, Rose, because the, I really thought we were in the process of reversing out of this. I did not expect YNR to pursue it. At this point of the stories that are airing, this would have been uh, this part of the story would have aired uh, or would have been written after the original kiss and all of that, you know, would have aired. So I think that if YNR would have would have engaged fan reaction by now uh, at this point, it's been a month or more. So I, I really it seems like they are still pursuing. We haven't hit the switch over, though, where Mal Young takes over as the head writer and Sally and Kay are out. So that could change. I mean, everything that we're seeing now, anything that we're seeing now could could change probably within the next week or two. Um, let's see here. Marion also said at yrchat.com, this, this was what I was thinking too, Marion, that Zach was supposed to drive Abby back to the ranch at the end of Thursday's episode, and had he done so, would have come across Mariah and Tessa kidnapping Alice, and things would have been different, and dare I say, better handled. I thought the same thing too. When Zach was asking Abby about getting a ride back to the ranch, of course he was trying to get some, but I thought to myself, uh-oh, he's going back to the ranch and he's going to discover Alice there, but that didn't end up happening. And it was a little tease, maybe. Um, Robbie at YRChat.com says, does Graham still work? <laughs> Why is he always in a suit? <laughs> I guess that's just the way he likes to be. Every girl's crazy about a sharp-dressed man. I would rather see Graham in his uh, sexy workout gear a little more often. I think Graham has such a potential to be a good leading man. That's why I, I do hope that even though he's being a bad guy right now, I hope he's a redeemable bad guy when we find out that Ashley's his sister <laughs> in a couple of weeks. Um, I also, I, this was interesting, a, a voicemail from Gary with a thought that I hadn't, uh, that hadn't occurred to me, Gary says, could there be a happy ending for Ashley learning that John Abbott is really her biological father after all? I would love that to be the twist of this story. I mean, is, is it possible that maybe Graham's paternity coming into question will cause Ashley to need a DNA test to see if they're related? I mean, has Ashley ever had a DNA test or are we taking all of this on Dina's word? Is there any chance that Ashley could end up being John Abbott's daughter? I would love that. That would be, I, that would be smart of YNR to do. Oh, I wish. Um, Aaron on YouTube says, Jack doesn't care 
now that he's being used by Nikki? WTF? Does anybody have no, does anybody not have any self-confidence in themselves anymore on this show? We've all heard of humble pie, but Nikki needs to eat a piece of moral pie and Jack needs a piece of some self-respect pie. I know. I thought the same thing. I think it was the beginning of Monday's show, Jack talking about, you know, it's fine. You know, you're, if you want to use me to get back at Victor, go ahead. Mm, that didn't sit quite right with me either. Uh, finally, Marianne brings up a very good point here, saying uh, at YRChat.com, with the changing of the writer regime taking place in less than 30 days, I am very interested to see if we will get any hints of exit stories for Graham, Juliet, Jordan, or Scott. Marianne um, mentioned that she has been noticing a reduction in the in Scott's role in the show and I kind of think that if a character or characters are going to get cut you probably did nail it as far as who it would be Graham Juliet Jordan uh, Scott the the newer characters to the show uh, I'm very interested to see what's going to happen with November sweeps what's going to happen when the new writers take over and since you mentioned that question maybe that's a good one to toss out to the crowd of all of those characters who would you most or least least like to see leave I mean I would say I'd really like to keep Graham uh but like Juliet and Jordan can go Scott uh, if Scott's gonna stay with Sharon then I'm a big thumbs up but if they're just gonna jam him with Abby then I could probably do without it but let's toss that out to the crowd uh for for the new characters who are who have been more introduced to the show during this past year who would you most least like to see get the cut Before I go, I have a big announcement for Genoa City Soap. Uh, I got some good news and I've got some bad news for Genoa City Soap fans. The good news is I made three new soaps. The bad news is these are definitely going to be the last soaps that I make this year. This is going to be the last anything that I'm going to make uh, this this year, uh, possibly into next year. I am just trying to make a little bit more room in my schedule for other things, including some changes that I want to do, some projects that I want to do with YNR Chat itself. So I, I still have soaps, though. That's the good news. I made a brand new batch of Victoria, which is like peppermint and chili. It's such a good one for winter. I remade Chelsea, which has been one of my most popular ones. It's spicy. It's sweet. I made a little bit of a devilishly uh, decadent Hillary bar. That's all new. All three of these are really nicely decorated. I think you, you guys are going to love them. And rather than doing a giveaway, since this is the last thing I'm going to do for the rest of the year, I thought to myself, I just want to get these soaps into the hands of as many people who want them as possible. So rather than just giving away three bars to three people, I thought I'll just offer to pay for the shipping for anybody in the U.S. who wants one. I think that's a, a really good deal if you guys are interested in getting the very last of the soaps. Uh, so... GenoaCitySoap.com is where you can go. If you're within the U.S., any of the soaps in my shop are going to ship for free. I mean, five bucks, and you've got a soap. <laughs> a lot of your favorites are there. Some of them have sold out already, uh, but I still have Phyllis, which is a really good one. Billy, I like the Billy soap a lot. Um, I've still got Kevin. I've got, I can't even remember all the ones I got. I got some Nikki. I got some Sharon. So if you've been following me on this Genoa City Soap, journey if there, if you if it has occurred to you that there's one or more that you want go to genoacitysoap.com pick up the one or ones you want for five bucks toss five bucks into the bucket I'll pay to ship it to you <laughs> you if you are in the US that is uh, and 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 you'll get it I mean I'll ship it right away I promise like so you'll probably have it by the end of the week if you are um, international it's just out it's so expensive to ship anything internationally so that's a kind of it prices me out but you can still get them I drop all the soaps in the shop I dropped them down to five bucks so you can still get five dollar bars they're big they're awesome and I really feel like if you guys try them you'll like them a lot uh, and they're they're 
they're elusive because because it would take me a while to to remake these soaps and I'm and I'm only gonna keep it for the free shipping deal for two weeks. So if you want them, get them. They're they're gonna be gone and I am not gonna be making any more and I'm not gonna ship them for free forever. So if you want them, get them. It'd be great for the holidays. Uh, I hope that lots of people are able to use them and try them and enjoy them. I have really enjoyed being able to share this with you and I'm not saying I'm never going to make soap again by any means, uh, but it's definitely not going to happen for the rest of the year uh, and possibly into next. So we will see a return of Genoa City Soap, uh, but it's just going to be a little ways away. So once again, GenoaCitySoap.com. That's all you need to know. Go get your stuffs. Uh, and of course, you can also go to the website still at YRChat.com and leave me your comments, vote in the polls, do all of that good stuff. There's just so much more that I would like to be able to do with YNR chat itself that I'd like to make some some room for. As always, if you have ideas for improvements of anything that I could do better or more with YNR chat, uh, I am all ears. I mean, we're coming into our 10 year anniversary and I, I want to make it a, a good one. So I've got a few ideas rattling around in my brain. We'll see. Uh, we'll see where it all goes and, and what I have time for. Uh, but of course, you can also uh, in addition to the website, you can go to all the social media sites from there, and you can call into my voicemail at 309-588-4569. It is such a pleasure to hear from you guys. I worry when I don't hear from you guys. I'm sending out lots of love and support, and I hope you guys are too, to Zuperplex. Uh, I mean, you guys contribute a lot to my enjoyment of the show, to the overall community, and I want you to know that I appreciate you, and I think of you very often. Uh, you guys make my life better, as I as I hope that I do for you, too. So, um, lots of love sending out all around. <laughs> lots of love and soap is going to be going out to you guys this week. So, I will be back once again next Sunday. We'll chat about our show, and we'll see where we are. <laughs> okay, everybody, I love you. See you next time. Bye!